This morning we'll be in Numbers chapter 12, Numbers chapter 12, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, fourth book in the Old Testament written by Moses, Numbers chapter 12 and verse 1. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's surgery time. <laughs> and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. The quiet killer. One of Satan's greatest attacks in and through God's people is to constantly tap into our identifiable issues. That is, Satan's genius is to use the materials that's already there. And it's in this context that when Satan cannot attack us from the outside in, he manages to attack us from the inside out. Our historical pains produce a surge within us towards pride and self-promotion, personal preference, self-centeredness, and listen to this, a package of personal attacks on others. There is a connection between how I perceive myself and how I condemn and criticize you. When I am accepting of myself or when I'm secure within myself, there's no need for me to point to you. That there, there's an underlying proposition here that, listen to this, hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. And what tends to happen is we become devious and destructive, divisive, defensive, defiant, diabolical, and even dysfunctional as we wage a war on others. In your lifetime, in my lifetime, we have hurt others because we did not like something within ourselves. And, 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 and as we understand this concept, because we feel personally depleted, 
tend to, amen, direct criticism, condemnation, anger. Uh, we become a victim where we blame others for what we feel. It's called displaced anger. It's never me, I. There's always somebody that caused me to be the way I am. And, and, and it's constantly, amen, this, this thing constantly resurfaces all through the Word of God. In fact, you know, we, uh, we spend all this money going to counselors, and counselors are great, especially Christian counselors. They, they work through school to get their masters and doctorates, and we go lay on the couch, sit on the couch. And the interesting thing is that, and I think it's healthy to sit with a qualified person and discuss some of the things that we tend to go through. But we pay them all this money and all they do is sit there and make you answer your own dilemma. And they've been trained 10, 20 years in school to say one thing. And how does that make you feel? My wife gets on my nerve. And how does that make you feel? Got Dr. Bruce Bettner back here laughing. And I've been to counseling. You can get upset with the counselor because they're so calm and cool and they work you up intentionally. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, the problem is most of y'all need counseling, ain't been to counseling, so. But they work you up to get you to see your own self. That the problem is not all outside of you. A lot of the problem is within you. Are y'all praying with me? And, 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 and it's, it's in this context that when we look at Numbers chapter 12, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed, and you know I, I'm a biblicist. I believe in preaching the text. Uh, Numbers, Numbers, Numbers chapter 12 is the fourth book of the Torah, the Pentateuch, the first five books written by Moses. And this Pentateuch, amen, Genesis is the beginnings of creation in the first 11 chapters. And then 12 to 50 is the calling out of a people called the Jews, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Genesis ends with Joseph. Yeah. And God decided in Genesis to call people to himself through an Abrahamic covenant through Isaac and Jacob. And then, and, and you know the story of Joseph, we'll come back to it. Joseph was one of the favorite sons of Jacob. He and Benjamin, the two youngest, and uh, uh, their mother was Rachel, who Jacob loved more than anybody else. And Jacob gave them privileges that he didn't give the other ten. Are you with me? And, and he made a coat of many colors for Joseph, and his brothers envied him. 
and Amen, they plotted to kill him, threw him in a ditch, sold him into Egypt. And, 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 and all through this story, Butler, Baker, two years in jail, all through the story, the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph, that God had a plan behind a plot. And, and one of the things we need to be encouraged about, every plot against us, there's a plan that God has. Can I get a witness? And it looks like on earth a plot, but God says, no, it's a plan. It's another, Lord have mercy, it's another avenue of me working. Can I get a witness? And as time went on, God allowed a famine to come to Canaan, and Jacob and his ten sons were hungry, and they said the only food on earth is in Egypt. They had to go back to Egypt, and they didn't recognize Joseph. You know the story. And Joseph finally disclosed himself to his brothers, and they became afraid, thinking that Joseph now was second in charge of Egypt, that he was going to kill them. And Joseph said, no, 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 no. You meant it for evil. When you threw me in the ditch, you thought I was dead, but God meant it for good. Uh, uh, do you see the plot and the plan? Do you, do you see the plot and the plan? Unless you see the plot and the plan, you, 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 you are poverty stricken in your faith. Can I get a witness? That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That whatever Satan does against you, God has a counter move. That God is, that's what makes him God, he's got the last say so. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and Joseph asked a rhetorical question, am I not in the place of God? Why? Because 70 souls went into Egypt, but 430 years later, two, two and a half million came out. God formed the nation, I'm preaching now, he, he formed the nation through a people who were suffering from a famine and had to go back to the very one they threw in the ditch. Sometimes the very ones you throw in the ditch, you won't have to go back to to get some help. So don't burn your bridges. Do I have a witness up in the house? Uh, life teaches us not to burn your bridges. We, we see Genesis and then Moses is born 500 years after Abraham into Exodus drawn out of water by his older sister Miriam, placed into uh, Pharaoh's house, raised in Pharaoh's house. Amen. What a miracle. That God was, amen, producing a specificity of time. The time that Pharaoh's daughter went down to the water, the baby came past in bulrushes. I'm preaching, man. You know there are no coincidences in Christ. Do you know everything that happens? God signs off on it. Do I have a witness? And Moses grew up. Josephus, the Jewish historian, says he grew up in all of the wisdom of the Egyptians, the hieroglyphics, the mathematics, the, the production of pyramids. And, and Moses went to the best schools. He was brilliant. But in the nick of time, at the right time, God let Moses know what his calling was. Can I get a witness? And, and, and you know, God used Moses, and then, and then in chapter 12, God told Moses at what we call the Passover. God says, I want you to kill a lamb, one per family, share if the family is small, and take the blood on a hyssop, put it on a doorpost, and the lentil, which forms a cross, amen, and at midnight when my deaf angel comes through, and when I see the blood, I'll pass over. Do I have a witness? 
And then in the, the, the later chapters of Exodus, he told him to build a tabernacle, a tent of meeting, amen. And he formed the priesthood through Leviticus. The book of Leviticus is how to approach a holy God. You got to go before with him with a offering. Lord, have mercy. Can I get a witness? And, and, and it talks about the five offerings in uh, the, the book of Leviticus. And, and, and he, he had tribes of 12 tribes, three around each side of the tabernacle. And on Yom Kippur, once a year, the high priest, amen, priest would go in to the first compartment daily, amen, to the uh, table of shoe bread, 12 bread loaves, represent the 12 tribes of Israel, the, the lampstand, which was God being the light of the world, the altar of incense where the prayer was, but only once a year, the high priest would pull the curtain back. It was called the Holy of Holies, where God's presence, the Shekinah glory, dwelt between the cherubim's wings in, in the Ark of the Covenant. Somebody know what I'm talking about. And, and the high priest had to go in. They would put a rope around him in case God killed him. Because you couldn't even come into God's presence. And he would walk in with a basin of blood from a Paschal lamb, a lamb without blemish. And he would take the blood and sprinkle it seven times on, Lord have mercy, the, the, the seat. And, and, and the seat had a lid. And if God accepted the blood, the lid would drop. And God says your sins, Israel, is covered for one year. Do I have a witness? And when the priest came out, all Israel shouted because God had excused, he had covered, he didn't cleanse, he covered their blood, their, their sins for one year. And then Hebrews picks up Jesus Christ as our great high priest. Though all this was typology leading to him. Jesus said, search the scriptures because they speak of me. Can I get a witness? And he is the Lamb of God, of John 1, who shed his blood on the Calvary's cross for the sins of the world. And the Bible says in Hebrews that he is a high priest, not after the tribe of Levi, but after the tribe of Judah. Do I have a witness? And the Bible says, but this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down on the right hand side of God till his enemies be made his footstool. He's the son of God. He's the son of David uh, on the divinic throne forever. He's the son of Abraham, son of Isaac, son of Jacob. He's the seed of the woman. Do I have a witness up and out? That, that, that when you begin to understand the typology and when we get here in this chapter what we see is the silent, subtle and separating sin of envy. Let me talk about envy. In Galatians chapter 5, it talks about the works of the flesh. Broken down to three categories. Sexual sins, social sins, spiritual sins. We're dealing with the social. These social sins of strife, jealousy, envy, divisions, backbiting. These are the things that separate God's people. Jealousy is not having what someone else has. But envy is wanting what someone else has. Lord have mercy. And it's, and it's here in this context that the previous chapter was horrific as Israel complained. This, this name numbers 
This word numbers is from the Greek Septuagint, arithmoi, where we get our word arithmetic from. It's a census of not only all the tribes of Israel, but a census of the men of war of Israel. They're wandering. They're on their way to Canaan, but there's a lot of disruptions, a lot of complaining, a lot of murmuring against God and Moses. And people typically that do a lot of complaining are dissatisfied. Needs are not met. They're angry. And it's in this context, they, they wanted food and God sent quail. In fact, God allowed the quail to, dry, to fly right into the camp. And, and, and because they were complaining, even after God gave this quail, God judged them while the meat was between their teeth. Right there in the 11th chapter. And it's, it's, it's here that they murmured. And then chapter 12 says, and Miriam, his older sister, who just danced after the defeat of Pharaoh in Exodus Amen. Yeah, 15. She, she sang a song and danced to the Lord. I was getting ready to say something. I said, I bet not say it. Uh, dancers, watch it. When you dance and make a whole lot of noise to the Lord, be careful. When you preach and praise, amen, and worship, be careful. What tends to come after your praise? I want to look at this episode. It's deep. It is deep. Let me, let me, let me throw something out. Rule of thumb. People who you criticize and condemn there are two rules of thumb you need to keep in mind. One is their familiarity with their situation. Jesus said, unless you walk in their shoes, be careful how you condemn others. The same thing might come back to you. You don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what you're going through. You, and all things affect us differently, don't they? Yeah. And the second thing is not only that, but... The second thing is, be careful because their faithfulness might be greater to God than yours. So now you're judging God. Do I have a witness? 24 years of this ministry, we've tried to build an impeccable ministry, both inside and out. Phenomenal growth. Amen? We've tried to do it according to the word. Nothing's perfect, but by the grace of God, the Lord's been good, hasn't he? Amen. And, and, and so we have to be careful when we attack others. Can I get a witness? If, if you decide to attack me, you got to know I've been tithing over 10% for over 30 years. So when you attack me, you got to measure my faithfulness. And then you got to measure my faithfulness to this ministry day and night for 24 years. You, you got to measure that you got to measure amen a whole lot of other things as you begin to uh, not not that we are not 
Uh, amen. Not that we are so perfect we can't be criticized. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we got to be careful. Mo Moses had his issues, but you got to be careful. Can I get a witness? You cannot judge other people's motives. You cannot judge, amen, other people. And you cannot, whatever you do, I remember the story in John chapter 8 when the Pharisees, Sadducees came to Jesus, amen, and said, we caught this woman in the act of adultery. Now Moses in the law said we ought to stone her. What do you say? They were, and, and the Bible says they were tempting Jesus. The Bible says Jesus got on the ground and started drawing on a, amen, with his finger on the ground, the finger of God that wrote the commandments, probably in Sinai, the same God was writing on the ground. No, no, nobody knows what Jesus was writing. Somebody said he was probably writing the names of the women they had been with. <laughs> Neftari. Super baba ba, you know, whatever. And then Jesus gets up and says, let him, here it comes, without sin cast the first stone. Since you're throwing stones, let, let those of you in the religious sector that have no sin in your life stone the woman. And the Bible says the Viagra crowd went out first. The old men put their, put their stones down and left. And he was alone with the woman. Everybody had left. Jesus asked the woman, woman, where are your accusers? Have no man accused you? She said, no man, Lord. He said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Y'all not praying with me. The very ones that want to throw stones are the very ones that are guilty. Because there's specificity in the Greek translation let him that is without this sin throw the first stone. I can't throw stones at nobody, amen, living in fornication because I lived in fornication. You can get quiet all you want. I'm talking about before I was saved. Help me, Holy Ghost. I, I can't throw stones at anybody that is struggling with sin because I've struggled with sin. Do I have a witness up in the house? And, and, and child of God, child of God, there are too many of us that are hiding stuff and then we sit back and want to come off like we are all that in a bag of chips. But God knows who you are, where you've been, what's going on, what you've been through, what you did in secret, what you did in life. I'm preaching now. He knows it all. Some of you sit up in church because you old. You can't do nothing no more. <laughs> Stuff ain't working no more. You got you to gotta praise the Lord. <laughs> Some of us come to church because after we take our medicine, all we can do is sit. <laughs> no. <laughs> Whatever. I'm only joking. No, I'm not. I want you to, I want you to see the, Moses' attack and Moses' attitude. I want you to see this. This is deep. And it, it says, and Miriam and Aaron spoke. First of all, the error of their condemning speech. They spoke against Moses 
because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. Well, he had married an Ethiopian woman. Now, Josephus, a Jewish historian, presents two sides to this. One, that Zipporah was Ethiopian. Ethiopian, she was a dark-skinned black woman. The other position is some theologians believe Zipporah had died and Moses got remarried. I don't, I don't, I don't know which is true, but they claim, and listen, they were right. Moses should not have married outside of Israel. It's in the law. You are not to intermingle with other people. Are you praying with me? But look what it says. It says they spoke against him because of this Ethiopian woman. When people struggle with envy. And, I, and, 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 and let me say this to you. You, you say, I don't struggle with envy. We don't speak too fast. Um, jealousy is I got a problem with what you have. Envy is I want what you have. And I'm angry because I don't have it. Are you with me? I, you know, I'm, I'm amazed. Paul says in Romans, rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. You pull up here with a $400,000 home, we all should be clapping that the Lord has blessed you. Can I get a witness? You shouldn't get, you shouldn't stoop so low to ask, well, how do you get that? <laughs> or you come up here with a new wig, weave, wave, whatever, you know. You got your stuff together and it looks real. Pastor can pull on it and won't come out. Can I get a witness? And, and, and you, we ought to just rejoice. Hallelujah. Just, just rejoice. Why can't we just rejoice with one another? That's a beautiful car you have. I'm happy for you. That's a beautiful home you have. I'm happy for you. Can I get a witness? You look beautiful this morning. That's a beautiful, watch this now. That's a beautiful meat stove that I can't afford. It's beautiful. Why can't we just have the ability to applaud what God allows people to have. Why do we have to pull others down and talk about them because there's a monster in me? I'm talking about connecting stuff. Connect, connecting, connecting. connecting. If I'm hurting, I want to hurt you. Lord have mercy. If my daddy did my mommy wrong, if I was raped, if I was abused, if, listen, listen to pastor, amen, if, 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 if I was divorced three times, if any failure in my life should not dictate my attacks on you. See, people that attack others don't feel good about themselves. Can I get a witness? Because when I feel good about myself, I'm not focusing on what's wrong with you, I'm focusing on what's right with you and I'm trying to applaud you. Mm. Even Peter, Peter, Peter in John 20, Jesus comes back, resurrected Christ, talking to him and John. Here go Peter. Well, Lord, what about John? Jesus, none of your business. If, if John tarries, I'll come back. You ain't got nothing to do with that. Why was Peter worried about what John's going to do 
when Jesus told Peter what to do. I'm preaching now. Can I get a witness? That, that, that when you begin to look at this problematic situation of hurting people who hurt others. And here's, here's the surgery. God wants to stop it. God wants to stop it. You don't feel good about yourself, or if you can't accept yourself, or you're insecure about yourself, don't let that turn into attack on others. I had, to, I had to catch myself this week. Now listen to this, and this is real. Uh, my 16-year-old daughter, I, her and I was talking, and I, I went high on her because, listen to this, we got into a discussion about something. I went real high on her, and she said, whoa, Dad. And the Lord said, listen, that's not her problem. That's your problem. There are fears in you and what you're doing is you're smothering her because of what's already in you I'm preaching to somebody this morning well what's in me well because you lived a loose life because you did everything under the sun. You think everybody else is doing it. Because you got pregnant, mother, at 16. You got your 16-year-old daughter under some kind of, Lord have mercy, hostage tent. See, there's a connection. Whatever's going on inside of me, I project on somebody else. Lord have mercy. Because your first husband ran the streets. The second husband, all he do is come to home, you know, come to church and work and look at the football game. Now you're gonna interrupt the football game because you still messed up from the first one running. I'm preaching now, Doc. Well, I'll be back. I'm gonna start. Where you going? Why why? It takes two minutes to get damn back. I know what I'm talking about, Doc. You got two minutes to get back from Wawa. It's right across the street. Or when you travel, your job sends you out on the road. You're calling your wife every three minutes, honey. What you doing? I just told you what I'm doing. Well, what you doing now? <laughs> See people walking around the street with these things in their ear, a wire, and, and they constantly walking down the street talking. Reverend Green says the phone ain't even on. <laughs> The service has been off a whole, a whole month. they just impressing people. Here's what I want you to see for the sake of time. What people project is not what's really going on. It's a smokescreen. Moses, where are your older brother, your older sister? We're upset because you married an Egyptian, an, an Ethiopian woman. You don't hear nothing from Moses. Look at verse 2. Look at the error of their condemning, of their speculation, their condemning speculation. Now the truth comes out. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Now let me stop. See, here's the real problem. It's hidden in it. 
See, what I say, Ethiopian woman, is not what I mean. The truth comes out in verse 2. Here's what Miriam is saying. I'm your older brother. I pulled you out of the I pulled you out of the river. I'm the one that took care of you and put you in the Potiphar, uh, in, in the Potiphar's house. Uh, she, she's saying, in essence, Lord, why him and not me? You goofed. <laughs> ah, it's not fair. You must be prejudiced or partial. I, I, I remember in 1 Samuel, and one of the most intriguing stories God comes through the Spirit to Jesse, to Jesse's house, tells Samuel the prophet, go down to Jesse's house and anoint the next king of Israel. Saul was the first king. Saul was tall, handsome. Saul was very insecure. Saul was messed up. But that's what Israel wanted. They wanted to be like other nations. Remember that? They wanted a king. When God, theocracy, God was the king of Israel. Are you praying with me? So he told Sam, Samuel went down to Jesse's house and here's Samuel the prophet. And Samuel was Samuel was faithful. He goes down with his anointing oil and he comes to Jesse's sons and he says, "This is the oldest, yeah." Uh, and, and the spirit said, "That's not him." They went down seven sons. That's not them. So Samuel turns to Jesse and said, "Do you have any more children?" He says, "Yeah, it's a little old ruddy red-haired boy out there taking care of sheep." He said, "That's him." You you're not getting what I'm saying. See, what you think ought to be and what God says ought to be is like day and night. And David was a man after God's own heart. Did David make mistakes? Absolutely. Do you and I make mistakes? Absolutely. Has nothing to do with his choosing. Has nothing to do with his anointing, appointing, and approving. Oh, I'm preaching now. Can I get a witness? And, and child of God, I want you to see this. So look what they say. They say in verse 2, Have the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And here's the problem. And the Lord heard it. The Lord heard it. They're condemning speech. They're condemning speculation. Third, they're condemning spirit. Look at verse 3. Now the man Moses was very what? Meek. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is power and control. By the way, I said this this morning. Anytime you have a strong leader, it invites criticism. Laissez-faire, dictatorial, dominant, whatever, whatever. You know, Moses was a strong, he had to be strong. Look at these people. Sometimes y'all look at your past. I got to be strong. Listen, I'm loving, but I'm firm. People don't like that combination. They want you to be loving and flimsy. Are y'all praying with me? I'm loving, but I'm firm. When we come in here for worship, everything has to be right. The time has to be right. Can it, why? Because we got to clear that parking lot out so thousands more can come in. We can't get caught up in the proverbial spirit where you in worship two hours and people, traffic jams all the way back 
to Sicklerville, people trying to get in because you got caught. No, we got we to gotta navigate. Are y'all praying with me? Everybody's got to know what I need them to do. I can't have a minister coming up here praying long because he don't pray at home. Can I get a witness? I can't have ushers back there talking, not taking off. And everybody's got to, everything is time. You say, well, time, that's carnality. No, it's not. God created the world six days and rested on the seventh. He was timely. Isn't that right? We got to be punk Because we're not punctual for work, we got to be punctual for worship. Can I get a witness? And child of God, you, you need to understand that I'm, 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 I'm fair, but I'm firm. And anybody that works here, anybody that's in ministry, no, we are military. You know what that means, right? I'm not corporate America, thank God. I'm military. Everything has marching orders. There's accountability to everything. And people don't like that. People want the freedom to do what they want to do. Why? Because we're running a large entity of people, and we're here to glorify God. You need a birthday party. And child of God, when you begin to look at this, listen to this, Moses said was very meek, meaning he didn't have to defend himself. He kept his focus. He didn't have to fight. When they accused him of his wife, when they accused him, is he better than us? You don't hear anything out of Moses. Because when people are condemning us, when people are criticizing us, that's what God wants you to do. Just be still. If you let a fool talk long enough, they'll find out they're a fool. Can I get a witness? And listen, let me, let me say this to you. Don't expect to be a leader and not think that people won't shoot at you. It comes with the territory. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Been there, done that. Thank you, Jesus. Fact, 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 fact of the matter is, is that Moses was meek. He kept his focus. Now, the era of their condemning spirit was, and I want you to see this in the text. And, and, and by the way, when you go home, read 11, chapter 11, 23, 28, because there was a mistake made even who had the spirit. God told Moses, choose 70 men, give them your spirit. They'll assist you, 70 elders. He chose, listen, he chose 68 outside of the tabernacle, and there were two he didn't know about, Joshua didn't know about, called Eldad and Medad, prophets, inside the tabernacle. Listen, listen, listen to this. And Joshua said, forbid them to speak, shut them up. Moses said, no, no, don't do it. They're appointed by God. They did not know that God had appointed Eldad and Medad as prophets. And I... I find all of this interesting when you look at he's meek above all men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake, verse 4, suddenly unto Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out all three of you to the tabernacle of the congregation. And the three of them went out. I want you to notice, and the Lord came down in a pillar of a cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle, and he called Aaron and Miriam, 
And they both came forth and he said, Hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, will speak unto him in a dream, and my servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. Now, now, just get the gist of this. Moses had privileges nobody in the Bible but Jesus had. Do you know, if you understand the Old Testament economy in, in Exodus and, and Leviticus, that the priests went in daily, the high priest could only go in once a year, only with blood for himself, blood for the nation. Moses had the privilege to go into the Shekinah presence of God anytime he wanted and be face to face with God. Anybody else would have got killed. He got clear instruction from God. I'm preaching now. He was prophet, priest, and administrator. Three offices in the Old Testament, prophet, priest, and king. The only one in the Bible that filled all three offices was Jesus Christ. Prophet, priest, and king. A prophet takes a message from, amen, God to the people. A priest takes a message from the people to God. And king, King David, King Saul, that's why Saul got in trouble in 1 Samuel 15, because he entered into the priest's office. And God said, you got to die. You were not called to be a priest. Lord, have mercy. Remember, he was waiting on Samuel, and Samuel uh, didn't get there in his time frame, and he said, give me the ephod. I'm, remember that? And Saul went in and began to play priest, and Samuel pulled up and said, what have you done? We got to stay in our lane. We got to stay in our lanes. God didn't call you to pastor this church. He called me. There ain't no many pastors here. In fact, he called me before you came in here. Why is that important? Because God does not make conference calls. He gives his vision to the pastor. And the people follow him as he follows Christ. You say, well, God speaks to me. Okay, Miriam. You say, well, I, I had a vision last night. No, you ate a pork chop and slept on your back. You, 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 you had a nightmare. You had no vision. The, the fact, I know where the Lord wants this church to go. I I know what the Lord wants in this church. Can I get a witness? I'm preaching. Let me look at the clock. I don't need nobody else assuming positions that God didn't give you. Well, you know, Deacon such and such told me, excuse me? Reverend such and such told excuse me? No. And we got a problem with that. When I was under my pastor, nothing. I was in charge of Christian education in 19th Street Baptist Church. I didn't make any, I didn't say, somebody come to me, you know, Reverend Gordon, I got a problem. You need to see pastor. Those, those sheep is under his jurisdiction. I don't give you my phone number. You call me up and I'm taking care of you. No, I didn't have that authority. Oh, this is tight. The, the, the fact of the matter is that 
when, when you look at this situation, it grieved God. He called them to the tabernacle, and the anger of the Lord, verse 9, was kindled against them, and he departed, and the cloud departed from the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. Now, look at the irony. He marries a black woman, and he makes Miriam white as snow. And here's the thing, leprosy eats from the inside out and leaves a stench. The reason that leopards had to stay outside of the city of Jerusalem because it was contagious, but it, it stank. It was a stench to it. I'm preaching now. So she had to, hanging in with me, she had to be separated because of her sin. All because she kept saying, does God only speak through Moses? Now, I know y'all don't read the Old Testament, but you did have Caesar be the male in the Ten Commandments, so you should know something about this. <laughs> Great picture. Great motion picture. Loved it. Dathan, Pharaoh, amen. Edward G. Robinson, Vincent Price. You remember that, Mom, right? Yeah. And, 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 and so, child of God, when we, when we begin to look at this saga, this matter of things that hurt inside of us and we project them on others. I'm struggling. If, if I'm walking around saying I'm struggling in my marriage, then I pick out something about my wife to attack. If I'm struggling with my children, I pick out something to be a victim. There, there's a connection with the internal and the external. My attitude, I'm always looking nasty. There's some church folk. Come to church on Sunday and Wednesday nights, and you would think you're back in the world. Come into church just like this. Good morning. What's good about it? It's beautiful. What's beautiful? Just as nasty. And when you see that, that person is hurt. Let me tell you something. Hurt and anger are cousins. Wherever there's hurt, there's anger. Hurt produces what? Anger. Am I right? So when people are always nasty and angry, when people are always condemning and criticizing, speaking people down, tearing people apart, Something is wrong in here. There's a connection. Because if, if I'm flowing through Jesus Christ, if, if I'm living the abundant life, if I'm full of faith and full of fortitude and full, Lord have mercy, if I've got my eyes on him, I don't tear you down. I build you up. Do I have a witness? I help you, I serve you, I, I, I support you. Can I get a witness? But child of God, we got to let the Holy Spirit deal with this, these damaged goods on the inside. And here's the deep thing, you've been hurt for years. I see it all the time. And I'm with you. Some of my hurts emanate externally. If I'm banging a picture on the wall, look, and I, boom, hit my thumb, 
And at that very moment, one of my children come up and say, Daddy, she got it. You know, growing up in the 50s, you knew when to approach your parents. You just look at their face, I ain't fooling with them. I ain't you, you, you knew, you knew, you knew. How, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You, you just looked at your parents' face. You did not dare ask that question, show off, or go, or go that way. You, you just said, because they would knock you clear across the room in the name of Jesus, wouldn't they? <laughs> just, just knock you clear across the room. <laughs> Woo! Let me say this to you. Moses' focus was to be quiet. Moses' faithfulness to God was to let God handle it. And then third, here's the most important thing. Moses had to forgive him. You know why some of us are bound with chains? Because we cannot forgive ourselves, nor can we forgive others. Forgiveness is not easy because Satan is constantly bringing back all that was done to you. Do I have a witness? My God. And you got to fight that feeling. He, listen, listen jo, jo, Joseph, I'm coming in. Jo, Joseph, Joseph's ten brothers came to him, and Joseph had to forgive him. If Joseph sat there second in charge in Egypt and thought about the fact that they threw him in a ditch, sold him into Egypt, lied to his father, Joseph could have had them killed. Can I get a witness? But Joseph said, no, 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 no. This was God's doing. You, you meant this thing for you, but you got to be able to forgive. And when you go to the book of Job, to the book of Job, Job, so-called friends, kept accusing him all through the book. And at the end, by Job, Job, God told Job, you don't forgive him, I won't restore. Can I get a witness? And Job said, I had heard about him with the hearing in my ear, but now my eyes have seen him, and Job forgave him, and God blessed him. Do I have a witness? Uh, Job had to forgive, and yeah, Joseph had to forgive, but Jesus, he also forgave. Wow, he was on his way to the cross. 100% man and 100% God. God's only begotten son. Can I get a witness? Jesus from the tribe of Judah. Jesus, earthly mother Mary, and earthly uh, uh -huh, father Joseph. Both in the lineage of David. Can I get a witness? Jesus had throne rights and legal rights. I'm preaching to somebody. And when he was born in Bethlehem of Ephrata, the Bible says that wise men, yeah, came from the east to find his star. Do I have a witness? When he was born in that stable in Bethlehem of Ephrata, where sheep and cows and urine and manure was in, the stable, the Son of God came bursting through. Can I get a witness? And child of God, when the wise men bought his gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the gold represented his deity. The frankincense represented his perfections. 
and the myrrh was his burial uh, anointment and environment. Can I get a witness? He came to die. He died for the sins of the whole world. He died for the sins of the elect. Can I get a witness? He said, I, no man takes my life from me, but I have power to lay my life down and I have power to take it up again. Can I get a witness? And he took a cross. Uh, they, they judged him from judgment hall to judgment hall. They smacked him in the face. Um, they spit on him. Um, they mocked him. Um, but he went on to Calvary anyhow. Can I get a witness? And when they stressed him out and hung him up uh, at Calvary, uh, can I get a witness? Uh, he, he quoted seven words from the cross. Do I have a witness? We call it Good Friday. Child of God, you got to have a good Friday before you can have an Easter morning. You got to go through some pain before we see the display of power. Can I get a witness? And his last word was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Into thine hands I commit my spirit. Can I get a witness? And he died on the cross. Didn't he die? He died till the sun stopped shining. He died till the earth started reeling and rocking. He died till a Roman centurion said, Surely this was the Son of God. But early, I said, He's Lord of Lords. Say yeah. He's worthy. But he came unto his own. And his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons and daughters of God. Your focus under attack must be let the Lord handle it. Your faithfulness to God is that God is going to deal with it. But then you got to forgive those who are shooting at you. You got to forgive one another. You got to forgive your wife what she did 25 years ago. You got to forgive your husband what he did 30 years ago. Forgive your children for letting you down. Forgive the church members for stepping on your toe. You got to forgive. Do I have a witness up in the house? And then God is able to keep you. He's able to support you. He's able to raise you up. He's able to give you joy. He's able to send you power. He's able to give you new privileges. He's able to give you a promotion. Can I get a witness? Child of God, it's called the, yeah, it's called the hidden killer. There's things in us keep coming out, but the Holy Spirit wants to end it right today. In the name of Jesus, you need to leave your hurts right here. Leave your history right here. Leave the mess right here. And stop attacking each other, but serve each other. Support each other. Lift each other up. Pray for each other. Forgive each other. Look at Moses. Can I get a witness? 
Amen. And child of God, here's what I want you to understand. That when you take the low road, God will put you on the high road. When you back off, amen, and let the Lord be the Lord. Can I get a witness? When you stop holding others hostage for your hurts in life, it wasn't your mother, it wasn't your father, it wasn't your children, it wasn't the pastor, it wasn't your church. Can I get a witness? I heard the prodigal come back home. When the prodigal son come back home, he said, Father, I have sinned. Can I get a witness? You got to get to the point where you see yourself. You got to get to the point where you take onus on yourself. You got to get to the point where you want God to heal yourself. And when God begins the healing process, we start helping, supporting, encouraging, speaking, listen, not negativity, speaking encouraging words. Instead of saying you're no good, you're a dummy, you're stupid, here's how God changes your words. You're, you're awesome. I'm praying that the Lord would make you everything he would have you to be. When I can drop the negative and pick up the positive, God has connected with me. So here's what we're going to do. For the next week, under the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to say anything negative. For the next week, this is your homework assignment. And when you do, go like this. Ugh. For the next week, no negativity. For the next week, no negativity. You go to work tomorrow and the boss does something stupid. You just smile and say, it's okay. For the next week, no negativity. Stand on your feet. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, fight the feeling. No negativity. No envy. No jealousy, no strife, no confusion. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word. Root out all of this mess that's on the inside and help us to be totally positive and godly in all that we say and do. And we thank you in Jesus' name. If there's somebody here that needs to be saved, raise your hand. We want to give your life to Jesus Christ. He died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. Is there one? Just raise your hand. Jesus said, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. You must be born again. Is there one? Or perhaps you want to join the church in the Christian experience. Raise your hand. Is there one? Is there one? Please. Is there one? Come on out. Come on out, baby. That's right. Come on. Praise Jesus. Come on, darling. Come on. Come on.